When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Sportsbeat KC, the Kansas City Star Sports Podcast. This week, our chief discussion centers on the wide receiver position. It hasn't been very productive. The leading receiver among the group is rookie Rashi Rice. Through four games, he's the only wide receiver with at least 10 receptions. On the show, columnist Sam McDowell and Vahe Gregorian, along with beat writer Jesse Newell, discuss what's going on and why it's taking Patrick Mahomes and the wideouts so long to get on the same page. We also break down last weekend's closer-than-expected victory over the New York Jets and peek ahead to Sunday's game at the Minnesota Vikings. Okay, let's get started with Vahe, Jesse, and Sam. I see everybody's gotten back from New York and... um... In one piece, okay. Any travel adventures, uh, Vahe, Jesse? Uh, easy peasy for me, but only because you were gracious enough to uh, absurdly drive me back into Manhattan at 3 a.m. and uh, and then drive yourself back out. And uh, so I think you were last man home and last man home home too. GPS uh, going from New York to the Newark Airport Hotel where I was saying was going to take me through the Holland Tunnel. And I got to the Holland Tunnel, and it was closed. So had to reverse course back through the Lincoln Tunnel, but no problem at all. I added five minutes to the drive, so not a problem at all. But, uh, Only in your world does that add five minutes. Now, I don't know if that means you put the pedal to the metal or if you're just shrugging it off, but God darn it, Blair. No good deed unpunished. <laughs> well, at least at least we didn't have Jesse's travel schedule. Uh, I was all right. You know, I'm kind of getting used to this where it's the uh, two hour, 44 minute uh, nap before you get up and go on your plane. So that's the exact on my on my little uh, watch here was uh, two hours, 44 minutes before I, I got there to the airport or, or got the Uber to the airport. But all good. You know, I think you just sort of caffeine up for one day and then crash about 9 p.m. the next night. So back in town, back for the Andy Reid call. I was in my own house for the Andy Reid call at, at noon. So. All good and a great trip to New York and a lot of uh, obviously fun stuff to do there. But we're going to talk about the game. Obviously, the uh, the Chiefs come away with the victory and sneak out of there with it and good enough to get to a three on one record. And there's but plenty before to talk we go about. on. Oh, I do just want to say the virtues of looking at that situation as a map. That's a big life tip for anybody. I, I, it, I crossed that barrier many years ago, and I think learning to call it that it just just naming it that changes it. Anyway, sorry, I, I regress, I digress. You go, no, I just, Blair. I was just going to say, um, at least for uh, for us, uh, there was plenty to talk about because a funny thing happened on the way to a Chiefs blowout victory, and that is um, a you know hang by the you know by a thread triumph, a twenty three to twenty victory. Didn't go overtime, but uh, but it was. Uh, it was a nail biter, and none, we didn't see it coming. Didn't think it was going to happen going in, and 
certainly after the first quarter, we had no idea it was going to end the way that it did. So crazy, crazy game. Let's, Vahe, let's, let's start with, um, you know, what you wrote out of there. And, you know, I, I thought you hit the nail on the head with, um, it was Patrick Mahomes centric. Um, he had had one of his poorest games really as, as a starter is his, his passer rating I think was 63 point something which is got to be one of his worst games and uh, and yet in the final seven minutes he was he was terrific um so what tell us what what were your thoughts on Mahomes and, and what the offense was going through yeah it's really interesting right because those first three series they rack up 200 yards and it's like you know a knife through uh, knife through hot butter. I mean, there's just there's just no stopping them. And then I think the next five series, they had like a total of 50 yards. Um, all of a sudden, Patrick was not only human, but really looked off kilter. The footwork looked bad. He was getting, I think, I, I, I haven't studied this uh, the, the, to the degree I can put an exclamation point on this, but um, I think he was getting more pressure than than we'd seen and I, I think the Jets mixed up some defenses pretty good receivers aren't getting separation the way they need to I think we'll get more into that but but uh but 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 his footwork looked off and his judgment was off uh he made two throws that were really as ill-considered as any throws we've seen him make and um that's saying something because he, he doesn't make a lot of them uh and yet that last drive, I think it was seven minutes, 24 seconds. And he made a couple of plays, including, I think it was just one that came back, but that was a signature play that came back for a penalty. But then of course the 25 yard run, um, there were moments in almost every game, even if it's a bad game of his, right? Where you, you just realize he is now exerting his influence on the game. He is, he's gonna make this happen. And, uh, you know, We've had many third and longs, many situations that look dire, but third and 23, legging it out, <laughs> just kind of uh, pretty amazing. And, you know, amplified a little bit by it being the night that he uh, broke the Chiefs career record for rushing by a quarterback. The other thing that, that, that just a quick addition here, you know, that drive was seven minutes, 24 seconds. Their previous drive was seven, seven minutes plus. They, they basically, their last two drives, took a quarter o'clock off the game and they only got a field goal to show for it, although they could have scored a touchdown at the end. So, you know, they did what they had to do when they needed to do it. Um, they got to clean up a bunch of things. I think some things more worrisome than others, but, um, but we, we've seen this be part of the DNA of the Chiefs for a few years that they, they tend to win these kind of games way more often than not. And I do think it's part of the mortar of what, what makes them who they are. We'll see. Look, the, 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 the scramble and that the winning the, the final possession, they didn't score any points on the final possession, but they played keep away to, to prevent the jets from winning. It reminded me a little bit of the way the Super Bowl ended and that, that one required points, you know, the field goal, but held onto the ball and, got a, you know, got a flag, got a benefit of a, of a flag. And um, so it, it's almost like quality of the opponent didn't matter, right? Against a great opponent, the biggest game or against uh, what we thought going in was a lowly opponent, albeit in, your, in their stadium. But, you know, Patrick Mahomes rose to the, he rose to the level, right? Um, now he didn't do it against the Lions in the opener. Uh, that one didn't work out for him at the end. Chiefs had the ball with a chance and 
couldn't get it done, but it happened on it happened on Sunday night. So hey, Sam McDowell's joined us, and Sam, we're just talking about the we're starting with the Mahomes led drive at the end of the game, and what was most impressive about it? What, what did the Chiefs had a couple of penalties they had to overcome on that drive as well. So um, no, it was and and then the like like in the Super Bowl winning drive when Jarek McKinnon had had to slide to to make the high percentage play for the Chiefs. Mahomes did the same thing and just uh, you know for for all the issues that he had in this game that 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 was a fantastic possession by Mahomes. Yeah, it was. I mean, he didn't have his best asset. Um, it was like a pitcher working without his best pitch. Um, and, you know, so he used a, his his secondary stuff on those last two drives. But I also thought that the play calling deserves some credit because the Chiefs didn't have wide receivers open and Andy Reid decided to throw a bunch of short stuff, a bunch of short, quick stuff. And I actually wonder if that's going to be indicative of what we see moving forward from the offense because they do have a couple of guys, even if they're not – as capable of getting as open as frequently as you would like that are good with the ball in their hands after their catch. Um, I think Rashi Rice is at the top of that list of guys you just need to get the ball to and see what he can do after the catch. If that means throwing three-yard hooks or, or slants or some quick stuff to him on RPOs, I think the Chiefs are going to have to be more open to that, even though they have a quarterback who prefers to throw the ball downfield. Let's let's stay with the wide receivers because that obviously has been a big post game topic for the Chiefs. I find it pretty interesting, and it says something about both teams, both the Jets and the Chiefs. That after the game, the con the the, the post game chatter, the day after chatter, with the Jets it's about officiating, with the Chiefs it's about fretting about their wide receiver core. Um, with you know, which to me kind of separates the the the, the teams right a, a, a team that's been losing like the jets will find something to to gripe about in the officiating and a team like the chiefs that has been doing nothing but winning in the last 5 years looks for potential flaws going forward that uh, that they need to fix to help them you know maintain their level of of supremacy so um at, at this point it's it's the wide receivers the numbers just haven't been there and the performance hasn't been there for the wide receiver group group as a whole, Jesse, and how, uh, how how much should we be fretting about or Chiefs fans be fretting about the position group and, and what are some p- potential solutions going forward? Yeah, it's complicated. Um, so when we talked with Andy Reid, you guys will remember this in his dorm room. I kind of asked him about this and um, I kind of liken this to basketball a little bit with you can really have a scripted offense. This guy goes here, this guy goes here, you throw it here, you do this. And for a long time, you know, Bill Self like won the 08 championship because he had every play was scripted, every movement was scripted. You couldn't go off kilter. Okay. And then they won the title a couple of years ago with Remy Martin doing whatever he wanted on pick and rolls, you know, and you give yourself so much freedom. The Chiefs are skewed toward the pick and roll offense in the NFL. Like Patrick Mahomes reads and reacts for the defense. They make adjustments based off of that. And that's why him and Travis Kelsey are so successful. I mean, this week on the details, uh, me and Brett Tabo are going to break down another route where, uh, you know, Kelsey sees a certain leverage. He gets open. He tricks a defender, comes back, gets the ball on the sideline. Mahomes knows exactly where to throw it. They find space there. 
where that hurts you is like with these young receivers, I think sometime it would be great to just have them know exactly where they're supposed to go. You know, they're, they're inexperienced with Mahomes and they're trying to read his mind, but yet they're also trying to figure out what his mind is going to supposed to be with the playbook that they have. So uh, I, I'm with Sam a little bit, you know, about when it comes to like Rashi Rice, when he gets the ball in his hands, he's pretty explosive. He's great after the catch. That's what the Chiefs built him as when they drafted him in the second round. He's been good in that area. He still seems to have his one drop a game. So that's something that needs to be fixed. But I don't know. It, I mean, this is kind of, I don't want to call it a Mahomes problem, but like Mahomes to get these guys involved almost has to stay more in structure. But yet what they're really good at and what they thrive at is something that's completely out of structure. It's like beautiful music, you know, art, that sort of thing. So I don't know where the the middle line is on that, but it sure seems like something needs to happen or a rotation change needs to happen to get the Chiefs where they want to go. Because again, it's hard to complain about what the number one offense was last year. Obviously what they do is really good. It's just, it's harder to make work with the pieces that they have that are not as experienced with Patrick Mahomes. And it seems like he's lost faith in those pieces very quickly early in these games. And then has gone on um, to go to other guys, Travis Kelsey, mostly and late in these games. So I think it's just sort of a, a very interesting, I don't know if it's dilemma. That's probably too strong for the chiefs, but very something interesting when it comes to receivers where they're trying to play Mahomes game, but Mahomes game doesn't really fit them at this moment. Yeah, I mean, I think Jesse explained it well, but um, I'd add on to it that I think it's affecting the quarterback. You know, I mean, I, a few years ago when we thought Patrick Mahomes was at his very worst was that AFC, the second half of that AFC championship game against the Bengals. And I just never thought it was a coincidence that his wide receivers were really bad at the opening drive in that second half. And his wide receivers were not good, um, even as the Chiefs were moving the ball in, in that first quarter. I mean, Kelsey was the guy involved in the running game. That was the reason they got up to a 17-0 lead, of course, obviously, with the defensive plays as well. But um, those two interceptions, we, from our view in the press box, had great views of just the orchestration of the play. And there just weren't guys open on that play. And Patrick Mahomes had plenty of time to throw the ball. It wasn't that he was having to scramble. He chose to scramble to try and get like Jesse said, to basically try and create the chaos after the play, because that's usually what the Chiefs are, are pretty good at. But when he does that, nobody's open. And I think you just saw him, the way he phrased it uh, when I asked him post game was that I got greedy. And I think that's a pretty accurate description. But I also think that this quarterback does not like having a quiet game uh, in New York City on prime time for a Sunday night audience. And he tried to make plays that just weren't there. But the reason they're not there is this problem that you articulated, Blair, and the wide receivers are not getting open. And that in and of itself is an issue. But he's doubling down on just the problem that it creates because I think he's he's forcing stuff. It's not a guy that likes to throw the ball away. And his mistakes on Sunday came on plays where the solution was just throw the ball away. Can I mention real quickly, too? I mean, just a couple quick things. Would we be saying the same things about the offense if they'd scored 30, if he'd had taken two more yards and gotten to the end zone? Um, they yeah, would have scored, scored 30 on the Jets at the Jets. And we thought of the Jets as a top five-ish defense coming in. So I think that's important to point out because would we view this differently if Mahomes had just decided to run two more steps into the end zone? Blair, you mentioned those two long drives of the Chiefs. I mean – that's what they've done this past few years, especially last year, was they take what the defense gives them, they march down the field, they keep drives going, and that's what they did in those final two drives. Only got three points on the one, but would have gotten seven or three if they wanted on that second one. Uh, and then, yeah, the second part is, I, you know, again, the PFF grades, I'm looking here uh, for the Chiefs, and um, 
18 players played here. You're talking about the grading for this particular game. MVS 12th, Justin Ross 13th, Justin Watson 14th, Sky Moore 15th uh, out of 18 players. So, I mean, this just goes back to what Sam said, what we all said, which is if you have that many receivers playing poorly for you in a particular game, especially going against the uh, the Jets secondary, which is really good. We have to give credit to Sauce Gardner, DJ Reed, all those guys. But um, if your receivers are all finishing on the bottom half of your grade card, uh, that's not a good spot to be in. I, I do think like, go, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, I, I do like the reminder that the game ended with the Chiefs taking a knee. And that's the same thing that happened in Jacksonville. You remember the people were panicking over the 17-9 to 9 final. The Chiefs took a knee at the end of that game as well. This is a team that could have easily have you know, a, a better, better perception of its offense if it just decided to score at the end of those games. I just, I just wanted to add that, that 14 points the Chiefs don't have that they could easily have had. And two margins of victory – uh, as we all know, uh, Chiefs didn't cover because of this. You know, that was also a big topic after the game. But uh, same with Jacksonville. The Chiefs could have won that game by, what, 15 instead of eight. Uh, and, and, and maybe the perception is a little different about, uh, about the way things are going now. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think that's true. But um, Patrick Mahomes played the worst game we've seen him play in a really long he time. He did. And, you know, I mean, if you go along that, if you continue on that grade sheet that Jesse mentioned, he got graded worse than he's been graded since like week three of 2021. I mean, it's been two years since they've scouted him that poorly. And again, I I thought those second and third quarter mistakes were him. Even if the receivers weren't getting open, he just really compounded the problem by turning what should have been incomplete passes into interceptions. And I like I said, I, I don't think it's a coincidence that his receivers aren't getting open and then he makes those decisions. And his receivers are going to have other games where they don't get open. That's probably the best cornerback duo they're going to face. But they're going to have other games where, where they struggle to get open, and he's going to have to react better than he did on Sunday. Sam, I want to mention, too, you've talked so much about the zone defense. The Jets manned him up. <laughs> they went man against the Chiefs, and the Chiefs struggled. So we talked so much about their receivers. How they got they the guys. To, they got the dudes to do it. Yeah. Yeah. They, well, they, we talked about the Chiefs how they can handle zone. Well, now the question is how do they handle zone or man? Um, so got to mention, got to mention that in there, just because, uh, yeah, it was it was a struggle for the Chiefs, kind of regardless of of what they're going against on Sunday. Why would any team not play man against the Chiefs? Um, isn't that what you have to do now? Well, no, it's because of what Jesse mentioned earlier, because, you know, man to man, you've got an assignment. And so I think the Chiefs, the, what teams are trying to do is take the Chiefs out of assignment football and say, we're taking advantage of your inexperience that you can't read what's happening here. I think all four of us were in the media room last week when I asked Matt Nagy about Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes connection to basically say, how can another player try and get that connection with Patrick Mahomes? And he explained it really well about just the time it takes, the knowledge of defenses it takes, the fact that you don't have time to process what you're seeing. It's got to just be completely on instinct. And that stuff can't come. You know, I mean, Rasheed Rice is four weeks into his NFL career, even Sky Moore. Uh, Kadarius Tony has only been in this offense for still less than a year now. And um, I just think that that's why you play zone against them. And I actually think that the Jets in the end of the season, I still think we're going to look at them as more of the outlier just because not every team has Sauce Gardner and DJ Reed to, to play man to man. I also want the, the Chiefs receive the Chiefs receivers were pretty insistent that they thought the Jets got away with a lot of holding in that game. But 
I also thought at some point, do they just think that because they've seen zone all year? Does this man-to-man seem different to them when, when somebody is blanketed on you? I also want to just appreciate, too, we talk so much about Mahomes. It's the worst game we've seen from him in a long time. Uh, the expect point, expected points added per play that he had was higher than Zach Wilson's. And all we heard after the game was how great Zach Wilson was, how he grew up before our eyes. The big reason for that is Mahomes thrives in the things that we don't talk about probably enough. I know, Sam, you've kind of hinted on this before, but Mahomes never takes sacks, so never takes negative plays. And uh, obviously the runs, the the scrambles that he had were huge plays in this game. So just sort of interesting with the narrative here. I know that Zach Wilson's bar was very, very low coming into the game. But even on what we call Mahomes' worst game, he still can be productive because, as you said, Sam, he found a way to get to his curveball that still won the game for the Chiefs. Can they be all we think they can be with this receiving core right now? Yeah, I mean, I I think so. Um, Just because I think we're talking – week four. And I think some of their problems are because it's just week four and we'll get to week 18. And I do think it'll look different. Um, And they won with last year's receiving core. And I've said this a lot, but I mean, for the last 11 games of last year, Juju Smith-Schuster averaged 40 yards per game. And the Chiefs offense does ask guys to fulfill assignments where they don't get catches. MVS is the best example of that. He does some work that doesn't result in the actual stats. But 40 yards per game is what they're replacing. And McCole Hardman didn't play. But what? Two of the last, I mean, they lost one game without McCole Hardman last year in like 12. I mean, they, they were fine without with the group they had last year. And I just I just think they're good enough elsewhere. And one of the things we haven't mentioned, but are we talking about the best defense that Patrick Mahomes has had um, since he's been in Kansas City as well? They've got a lot of other pieces, I think, where they can still make it work. I'm going to throw a penalty on us. We don't let Vahe talk here for 10 minutes on the podcast. So I will offer one comment and then I want to hear from Vahe. Vahe says he's got some background noise. You see the chat? (laughs) Oh, no. Okay. Well, uh, maybe I won't hear from Vahe. There we go. Um, I I did want to say just the, the, about the chiefs, uh, you know, and the receivers and what they have. I mean, I think I agree. I heard on the Pro Football Focus podcast this week, they were talking about this. I agree with this, which is I think some offenses are really good right off the bat and kind of fade over time. We saw that with Miami last year. Potentially, we'll see if it continues with them this year. I think the Chiefs are one that develops over time. And I think that's a really good asset to have, whether you're Andy Reid or Matt Nagy, uh, Eric Bieniemy back in the day, is that they seem to figure things out and become more comfortable with schemes better as it goes. So um, if they're able to do that throughout the course of this year, it's probably not a conversation we're going to have in week 16 and 17, but this is part of the growing curve, and that's what they're part of right now. I can't wait to hear the vacuum cleaner. I just want to give it the real, real-time real uh, report here. Like Blair and I, we were doing at the airport, uh, where we're at, Atlanta, <laughs> Sam, we were all there. Uh, this is reality. We got the vacuum cleaner going at Kauffman Stadium. But I just, you know, we've talked about this a little bit, but you guys have really studied Sky Moore really hard. And I think we all thought he was ready to take a big step. I'm just curious, is he just, last year he was able to get a lot of separation and didn't get a lot of catches. What's going on there? All I heard was a vacuum cleaner. I think Vahe was trying to say something. I'm I'm not sure. Now go ahead, Jesse. What about Sky Moore? Well, I think it can be two things. I think he had a bad game Sunday. I mean, I think you start with that. I, I'm you know, not going to make excuses for the guy, but I, I don't think it was his best game um, out there. Having said that, I think some, from some other times, especially the first game stands out to me, is 
this seems to be a confidence issue with Patrick Mahomes. It's a little bit of what I was referencing earlier, which is I think if it's a good Sky Moore game, we saw against the Jaguars or in game three, and Patrick Mahomes trusts him, he throws it to him. And he has been open and he's gotten big gains for them. But I think if something early on does not go right, and you know this exact moment, Sam saw it in real time, the Chiefs had a third down early. They kind of expected this year coming into the season that Sky Moore would be the reliable third down option. Uh, they rub, run a rub route for him to kind of go to the outside, and he does not cut that thing off enough, and Patrick Mahomes throws it to where he thinks he should be, and Sky Moore goes two yards further upfield. And I think, again, this is this is what I'm talking about when we're talking about the confidence issue is I think Mahomes was kind of done for him for the game. I, I mean, I'm just being honest with you because he did not come through for, for him on that very crucial route early, and that sort of, I think, gets in his head um, when that happens. So. I think Sky Moore is still a good player. I think there's still hope for him. I think he had a bad game Sunday. I think it started poorly, but I think the bigger issue is that game to game, this is sort of what's happening with Patrick Mahomes is he's trying to figure out who he can rely on other than Travis Kelsey. And if that doesn't go well for a receiver early on, we don't hear much from them for the rest of the game. All right, let's talk a little bit about the defense. Uh, did you see this tweet from the, I think the Chiefs actually put it out that Chiefs are the only team in the NFL whose defense has surrendered 18 or fewer points in every game this season. Now, you know, Jets scored 20, but two of those came on a, you know, on, on the Juwan was it was Juwan Taylor, right? The face mask and the in the end zone penalty. How could you forget it's Juwan Taylor, Blair? <laughs> I was I was because I was reading some Donovan Smith stuff uh, earlier here today, and I. Just, I I quickly had to remember it was the other side. Uh, but yes, yes, Jawan Taylor with his, you know, what penalty has he not been flagged for this season? He's he's run the, he, he's the variety pack of penalties uh, for the Chiefs. Horse, horse collar, but that referee crew uh, might have might have gotten creative with the horse collar at some point. That's true. That was Derek Naughty, wasn't it? The, the horse yeah, collar yeah. pack. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yes, Zach Wilson played his best game. What was the what was the headline in the New York Post? Bah, hey, um, you got to give you got to yeah. give it to Zach Wilson or something like that. I thought nice nice little headline. That was the that was one of the headlines. The other one I recall was uh, Valiant Jets, uh, you know, lose lose late as Taylor watches. <laughs> like that was uh, yeah. cruel cruel bummer was the uh, riff of a, a a Taylor Swift song I've learned. Um, but, but the Chiefs actually went out of their ways, including Willie Gay, but also uh, Drew Tranquil, Justin Reed. Basically, everybody we talked to went out of their way kind of to even bring up Zach Wilson. And by the way, uh, you know, Willie Gay did go to speak to Zach Wilson after the game and tell him uh, basically he's got to be more careful with his words or, or, or as Willie probably put it to him, the media blew that up. Um, but I, I think it was genuine that he uh, wanted to, to tell him he'd had a good game and and. Look, I, I thought the defense was a, a little more susceptible to a few things than it had been, but by and large, I mean, you, you, you can win with the way the defense keeps playing. And and as we've talked about in the last couple of weeks, I mean, what's interesting about this defense is it seems to have, at, at least before it takes on some really heavy challenges later, right? But at least early on, it's a better uh, sort of cohesive um, and uh, winning effort out of the defense each week uh, that that they haven't been as used to in the Spagnola years when it when they've tended to peak later. Yeah, this is is just this isn't an illusion based on the schedule, Sam. Is it? There's there's some teeth to this defense. 
Yeah, I mean, probably a mixture of both. Um, but I do think that they have their best coverage guys that they've had in a long time. I mean, Tripp McDuffie has been really good. And when you've got a cornerback that you feel like can just guard one-on-one, it makes the rest of the, the back end look a lot better. Um, well, Jerry Sneed didn't get graded well in that game, but I actually thought he played pretty well on Garrett Wilson, too. I mean, he... The Chiefs are using Legereus Sneed to shadow receivers, which we saw at the end of last year, um, I think against Seattle with DK Metcalf, that Steve Spagnuolo is starting to use him in that role. They use Trent McDuffie basically to isolate him. So whoever Josh Williams is getting, they're getting double teams a lot. And I think the Chiefs are comfortable with every matchup they've got. Now, what the Jets did differently that I think is going to be really important to watch this week in Minnesota is they attacked the Chiefs linebackers in coverage. And when you go and look at what the Chiefs have done against other teams, number one wide receivers, they're top 10 in the league. What they've done against other teams, number two wide receivers, top 10 in the league. Other teams, number three wide receivers, they're top 10 in the league. Other teams tied in, they're fifth worst in the league. Minnesota's got a, a good tight end. And so I think you're going to see, and Nick Bolton didn't play, but coverage is not his strength. I thought Drew Tranquil struggled in coverage. Um, it's not Leo Chanel's strength, Chanel's strength, and uh, it it so should be a better strength for Willie Gay, but it's not really been his strength either. And so Minnesota's going to throw its tight end a lot. And I think if there's one spot we could pick on the Chiefs to say, hey, because they haven't they haven't faced like a top five, maybe not even not even a really a top ten tight end yet, and they're going to face a, at least a top ten guy I think this weekend. And so that's the one test that. I think I'm most curious to see is can you actually slow down a tight end and do you have to scheme it a little differently to do so? Put some respect on Cole Komet's name, Sam McDowell. Hey, I, I, I did, I did pregame. Uh, I picked, <laughs> I picked, it's one of my three uh, props is I picked the over for him. I think it was like 25 and a half and he didn't even come through with that number. So, so he's, he's dead to you. I got it. Cole Komet is dead to you. Um, real quick, Blair, I just want to appreciate with the chiefs defense again, whether it's coaching, whether it's development, whether it's these players, every week you're seeing somebody else continue to do things they didn't do last year and emerge. You know what I mean? Like um, we talked about, you know, Mike Dana or Mike Dana, I'm sorry. And Derek Nottie's playing better than last year. George Karloftis is flashing way more than last year. Um, Shamari Connor hadn't gotten much playing time. He played well in this past game. Mike Edwards is starting to show up and he was a guy that we was basically didn't see much of at all in training camp. And all of a sudden he's, you know, giving them uh, solid minutes and good plays in there. So um, it, it this is a development thing for the Chiefs, and you just can't appreciate it enough because this does not happen with every team that players get better, and every week you seem to see something new with them. And that's not even mentioning a guy like Trent McDuffie, who Sam talked about, who is now probably a Pro Bowl-type player. So this is really encouraging for the Chiefs, and it just seems like if they continue to get the best out of these guys and the guys they have, that this thing, as Sam said, might not be fully sustainable, but pretty close. And pretty close is going to be good enough for Patrick Mahomes to win a lot of games. So do we think the Jets get the touchdown if Mike Dana's helmet doesn't come off uh, <laughs> and Justin Reed steps in it or steps on it and loses, basically loses coverage because of it? That was crazy. Um, that that but, was crazy. And Sam, uh, I can't remember actually if it was Sam or Jesse that, that saw that, but we were talking about it in, in real time. We, I still haven't figured out how the helmet came off, but the, the fact that Justin Reed either stepped in it or on it or stumbled, I, I, I think that took him out of the play. Fluky, fluky, if nothing else. I think the uh, the the end zone camera shows it's pulled off by a by a Jets to, uh, Jets offensive lineman. So 
um, that's that was just an unfortunate moment for for the Chiefs and and it continued Zach Wilson's hot hand. I mean, he he was terrific on that drive. So I'll tell you what, just a, my my final thought in the game was I, for that game to turn on the safety. I, I that was amazing to me. So it goes from 17 zip to 17 two, and I still think the Chiefs are okay. Um, and then they get the terrific free kick. I've never seen a better free kick in my life. See Tommy Townsend kick at 80 yards. Um, uh, but but the Chiefs uh, Jets going to come down and get a field goal. I think a Mahomes interception followed that and just started to unravel for the Chiefs over the next several possessions. It was it was strange to see, and I don't know if any of that happens if the safety isn't called. Bizarre play. It, it looked like a team that got bored with the game. Um, I thought it it, would, it replicated the game in Denver a year ago where they got up to a three-score advantage, and it was just like, let's see what else we can do in this game. And I think the quarterback did that a little bit. It's like, let's see what else I can get away with in this game. And that defense is – the the offense might be pretty bad, but that defense is is too good to do stuff like that against. And if nothing else – and Vahe touched on this a little bit with his post-game column. Like, that should be a learning lesson for the Chiefs is 17 nothing is not game over in the NFL. And look, as I recall, the Broncos had a good defense themselves last year and helped them get back in that game. But you're absolutely right. I I don't know if they lost the Chiefs ended up losing the lead or the Broncos tied it, but it was it went from like 28 zip to 28 all or 29-28 or it was it got hairy for the Chiefs in that game last year. So all right, guys, great conversation as always. And we're all heading up to Minnesota this weekend. So we'll be back about this time next week to talk about the Vikings, Chiefs, and everything else that's going on with your favorite NFL team. All right, guys, take care. That'll do it for today. Thanks to producer Monty Davis for putting together the show and to our Sportsbeat KC staff of Randy Mason, Todd Feedback, Jeff Rosen, and Scott Chasen. Tip of the cap to Vahe Gregorian, Sam McDowell, and Jesse Newell for sharing their insights. The best digital sports page in the country is produced by The Star. It's called Morning Sports Edition, and it's loaded with news about the Chiefs, Royals, KU, Mizzou, K-State, sporting the current, and more, plus stories and features on sports around the country and the globe. Check it out at liveedition.kansascity.com. That's liveedition.kansascity.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back soon with another Sports Beat KC, where we talk sports in and around Kansas City.